Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Sidewalk Talk today. I'm here with Luna. <laughs> this is such an amazing interview for me because I think I was listening to yourself when I was growing up in Hong Kong was maybe seven years ago. Yeah, I didn't even like know any other people like when I was growing up that was listening to this kind of music. So <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, man. I used to watch it. The first video I caught of you was when you were uh, introduced, um, interviewing Kurt from Plastodamus. Oh my god. Great interview. And I thought the idea, concept, it's like I love it. Because the main thing for me, I love talking while walking. Because mm. there's a whole thing about walking that helps regenerate um, new ideas. That's yeah. the best way for me to come up with new ideas, new concept, new discussions. So this is perfect. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. So actually, your name originally, is it Haitian? Is it Filipino? Like uh, yeah, it's, uh, my name originally is Haitian. Oh, yeah. okay. It's the uh, same name for my dad as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so did your parents meet in, is it Lachine or Rahat? No, actually, they uh, met in the Philippines. Oh, where my mom lives. yeah, crazy, right? And they both moved to uh, Montreal for a whole new start. Oh, yeah, for right? their for their careers. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so they're pretty much first generation immigrants in Canada. And what, uh, yeah, what careers were they? Are um, so my father was working in uh, a lot of different um, import exports. You know, like uh, how would I explain it? Of uh, like products and goods. Uh, my mother was in um, nursing care. Uh, but before that, she was an optometrist. So it's interesting because they were in totally different things. Yeah. But my grandfather, being a, he's a, he's a tailor, but also would teach martial arts, and then also he was into like tribal music, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was into a lot of different music, a lot of tribal sounding music, and he would draw a lot. So I learned oh, wow. a lot of the artistic traits from him because he taught me how to draw, and mm. that's what built my curiosity for the arts because that just blew my mind because it was something totally um almost primal looking just just the act of drawing um when i seen that as a kid like it didn't feel like that oh yeah it's act primal but it's more just felt something something um genuine and and, and uh freeform spontaneous about it and i love things like that mm-hmm. so did it click to you from the onset that you wanted to yeah. have a life devoted to arts exactly yeah. I, I remember one of the first drawings he made for me was a snowman and i would i just that blew my mind because it, it was a blank paper, and all of a sudden it was a full drawing, and I just couldn't understand how he could just uh, think, it, think it into existence, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that just what got me super obsessed and deep into the arts. And growing up, your mom was listening to a lot of disco, right? Yeah, huge, huge amounts of disco. That's her main thing. And, uh, um, well, dancing is a big part of my family. That's, that's for sure something my mom, my, grandma, oh, my grandparents, my dad, mm-hmm. my sister, everyone in the house would be huge on dancing. Dancing was just the, the, the um, it's like our base uh, soul for, for, for an outlet for us to release um, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and I know my grandparents would always dance salsa and everything, and uh, my sister would always be into um, like TLC choreographies, you know. Mm-hmm. And she would bring me into her room to show me different moves, and I'd be super into it because I was already into dancing. But at the time, I didn't know about break dancing. I was just into like just moving around and being, you know, funny and 
noise, mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of stuff. And what age was it when you found, is it called Do It Jam, the festival? Yeah, the festival in my, in my town. Um, how old was I? I was, I think I was 13 at the time. Okay. 12, 13. It's when uh, the first uh, jam happened. And that was my real introduction to, it, it was like an introduction to the applied arts of hip hop. <laughs> you know, because every element was right there in one location, one block, and everyone, and in each element you had an OG that, were, that was there open to teach you everything they know, whether it's graffiti, scratching, breakdancing, rapping, beatboxing, whatever it may be, they were there and ready, and all the equipment was there. And uh, it was pretty, pretty much all freeform, there was no specific schedule besides the concerts and like the breakdance battles and whatnot. But beyond that, it's pretty much you come up to whoever you look up to and you get to ask all these questions as a kid. Mm -hmm. So like this is pre-internet forum days and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and how long after was it the 701 Squad? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, with 701 Squad, so that was my first breakdance crew. And um, my first and only actually, man. Family <laughs> to, to this day, 701 Squad, you know, it is. <laughs> and um, man, I've learned a lot from those guys because they really taught me specifically about discipline because the, the way we would practice would be almost uh, almost militant but not in, not that intense but in the way of, of, of consistency and repetition because we, we, we did believe strongly that repetition would help perfect a certain movement uh, that you're trying to trying to achieve and that kind of mentality momentum is what I sort of kept throughout anything I've practiced and especially that that um, that momentum of uh, performance, that's, that's huge because from breakdancing that put me onto the stage a lot and that made me, that put me into a situation where I ended up doing like uh, different uh, projects of like a choreography and um, um, music for like, uh, let's say fast forward into college where um, I, I was a teacher's assistant and uh, I was there to help build a, a whole uh, showpiece and get like non-dancing students to do a choreography, but I figured it out through not dancing, but just simple movements. I, I love like all these different challenges to find crazy solutions to get to where we all need to be. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what I've always been passionate about um, that pretty much reached us far beyond music, really. Mm -hmm. How do you describe your personality back then growing up? Um, so yeah, my personality back then, it, qu it, it changed pretty quick. Um, to what it is today, uh, like let's say first year of high school, uh, I was very short-tempered, being mm -hmm. that my teenage hormones were kicking in, <laughs> so it was really hard to control, mm -hmm. and I just go crazy. But the only reason why I would snap, it was usually to just get the class going, because mm. somebody in the class would just, you know, just delay everything and just basically a troll. And then somebody would be like, yo, Lou, snap on him. And I'm like, nah, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm the Hulk or something. I'm like, yo, come on, Lou, come on, Lou, he's annoying. Now I'll just snap and I'll just like talk the dude down. And the dude would be like, okay. And then we'll continue with the class. <laughs> but then I quit by next year. I was like, man, I don't like the feeling. And plus on that first year of high school, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try to get girls. <laughs> and then realized the general competition is not really who I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it was quick, man. It was really, really quick. I was like, don't want to be that guy. Don't want to be that guy. Definitely don't want to be that guy. <laughs> so I ended up just being a weirdo with a safari hat and a skateboard, listening to, listening to like uh, two for five, like the foundation, like old, old underground hip hop stuff, just going in and then listening to jazz. So I just went all out for myself. 
and that's pretty much how it's been since to this day mm -hmm. I've only developed incrementally on, on myself on my mental state on my physical mm. state I keep a, I keep, try to keep a balance and the, the older I get the more I'm focused on this balance and trying to figure it out yeah I love yeah. that mm -hmm. do you remember how you first found Ninth Wonder? yeah it, exactly uh, from when uh, I decided to just oh that was the dirty one <laughs> but I then decided to go straight triple five soul on it you know what I'm saying <laughs> I got the LRG shirt with the giraffe, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all it. <laughs> I went straight, I went straight. And it's great today because today you have folks like Our Future and them who show the generation like, yeah, you could totally full on go in it with full confidence. So you could be happy within your own, uh, uh, your own world. Uh, whereas in my time, the internet was there, but YouTube didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so all these uh, subcultures from the internet that exist today didn't really exist then. That was 2001, I th I'd say. And uh, so you, you sort of had the, the impression that it was, maybe, it was just you and your close friend that were in this kind of vibe. Whereas now you have a much better idea of like, oh yeah, it's not just me and I'm not alone. So that feels good and that's what I can feel today. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how I got into Ninth Wonder Man mm -hmm. is getting into weird stuff, looking into all the different things, and that's when I found Little Brother, mm. and then came across Ninth Wonder. And that's when I started deciding, like, if ever I'm gonna do music, because I love Ninth Wonder so much, I wanna see what he works on, because he's my model of, uh, sonically, of how I, where I wanted to go in, in the beginning. How did you transition from, like, the dancing to the theater? Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked that. Oh, so how did I, yeah, transi transition from dancing to theater. So I decided because of being on the stage so much, this is the thing, every time I end up in a situation and I, and if I do perform well in it, that's when I go, okay, how do I expand upon this, this how do I expand on this, situa on this uh, situation I have or opportunity that I have at the moment? So the, from the opportunity of being able to dance on stage, I took that energy and, and tr tried to bring it through th uh, theater. And uh, so I tried that. But the thing is, I did like traditional French theater, so I had to like really speak old, old type of French. Oh my gosh. Man, that was hard. But the challenge, man, I cried near like showtime and everybody was stressed. They were like, we're not gonna make it, we're not gonna make it. But we made it. Uh, but learned a lot, um, grew a lot. Um, it's great to have humility in life because that's how, make, how, how it makes you grow. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, definitely um, something worth uh, definitely worth the experience um, and it really put a lot of perspective in terms of stage presence more so because in dancing you're just moving around on stage but when you're on in theater it's really about like you got to be facing the crowd the whole time you can't stand sideways yeah. or back it does not work in terms of presentation or in how you carry your voice so all these little notes I keep I keep note of that uh, like if I'm if I'm doing a set to drink my bottle water okay. if people notice I never drink my bottle water oh, wow. facing the crowd I'm always drinking it look, uh, facing back hmm. because a few people have noticed that over time and it's, it's just a nice little touch, you know, it's not like I'm in front of them, I'm like, <laughs> no, it's like I'm dancing, but I'm still doing movements and then I'm doing movements oh. while sipping and I never oh, stop the so movement. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so these little details I find, find, find really interesting and fun. <laughs> what made you want to study, was it cinema in college? Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in college. So by the time... Uh, I got into college, I uh, uh, started to study in cinema uh, communications and uh, got into that because 
previously, by the end of high school, I was really getting into film photography and also naturally into film. And uh, um, film because I just really love to, to uh, film because I really got into film, man. I, I, it was around then, by the end of high school, going to, into college when I got into this French film called uh, La Haine. And uh, it's one of my favorite films to this day, even just super well styled shot everything to the T it's just like if you would see my uh my 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 Instagram story vibes it's like it's shot similarly in that kind of way mm -hmm. stylistically I love that kind of stuff and um uh yeah so that was probably one of the funnest programs I've ever studied in because uh, it not only involves cinema but it, it's all about yeah. like uh, building a whole package for your project rather than just making a little clip or a little sketch so it was you make the clip you make the trailer you make the the rollout you make the poster you make the um if you're even going to have merch afterwards you know you make all that mm -hmm. it's a whole process and i loved it for that uh in that program then after that actually at that point yeah. did you think that you're going to be like a movie director or like what was the goal for studying uh, it was either i was going to be a lighting director or uh, some kind of something involved in in in, in uh cinema but if I wasn't gonna be in it, the only thing I knew was that I'm just gonna be in the arts in general. Mm -hmm. Arts, performance, entertainment. I can't see myself anywhere else you in never, terms of yeah. contributing. Uh, it, arts, arts, entertainment, design, whatever it may be, but it's, it's all revolving mm -hmm. around the arts, right? You never thought about studying music? No, that's what's crazy. Mm -hmm. It was always just a hobby. Um, because of it being so oversaturated, even to back then, of hmm. uh, everyone wanting to be uh, famous in that way. And so if they were to be famous, they would have to be a pop star or a big producer or something like that. that I've always been sort of a contrarian in that way when a lot of people get hype about one thing, that just turns me off because it, it, it doesn't enable me to see things for what they are because it's just too distracted at the moment. So that's why I sort of wait things out till the hype cools down a bit, then I get to look into things. That's why I take so long to listen to certain albums. <laughs> you know, that's the reason for it. It's just I would probably I just want to wait. <laughs> Nothing bad. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Um, and where was your music at? Like, so you were like during college. How, when did I start? You, um, yeah, like how? Where was your music career? Were you putting out? Yes. Yeah, so when I started making music was right after graduating high school, actually. Oh okay. Yeah, like around 16, 17 is when I thought about it. That I was like, but ah, I just want to get out of high school, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to pass, get out, <laughs> get my diploma, and I'm out, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, my mama happy, and then I could do my thing. And then, um, straight up after high school, I, I was like, all right, cool, let's start. Just, I don't know where, just, start, just started learning where the play button is, what's what, you know, just really step-by-step -step mm -hmm. things. Without thinking about how, how to make music, just like, how does this program work? And I, that's what I started using uh, Free Loops, FL Studio, to this day still. So. And just step by step, and then I would try to emulate emulate Ninth Wonder type beats. And then when I got more got more uh, uh, used to it, then I started to try to emulate uh, Ryan Leslie type beats. So like a lot of people, that's how you that's how I've self taught myself over over the years is just trying to to emulate a certain beat. And then within that that act of emulation, I learn on the fly certain tricks that I would have never caught if I were to try to make my own music because mm -hmm. they're just constantly. Uh, tweaking settings to to, to get something uh, close to the to the uh, to the result, and um, so I did that for a nice few years. Met a few people online uh, over time through MySpace. Was Who that also, during 
Was that Jack Green that you met? Well, him I met, funny. Jacques Green I met uh, in college. Um, we didn't know we went to the same college. He hit me up on, on MySpace. He was like, hey, I like your music. And it's because he saw me on Rusty's Top Friends. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah you why. said previously everything goes back to Rusty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everything does go back to Rusty. <laughs> Rusty just put everything together. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Rusty, man. Yo, Rusty, yo, yo, the sound, we some new sound, let's go. Come on, you know, yo, we got some new tonight. Come on, Rusty, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, because of Rusty, man, the god. Uh, he saw it on Top Friends, hit me up. He was like, yo, I like your sound. You want to try to play one of my nights? He was, uh, Rocky was run running a night called Bass Culture. And, uh, so yeah, I played, that was my first gig and first club experience ever because I didn't really go out the club. I'm like a gamer nerd kid. Oh. I'm like, I'm just kicking. <laughs> and I was like, okay, club, sure. I was probably 20 by then already. I never hit the club yet. <laughs> ah, I was just kicking it. <laughs> so yeah, first club experience, first gig. Did amazing. They thought I've played gigs before. I was like, nah, never. I never, I never went out either. either. Oh it's my, my first gosh. time. Yeah, man. And I, and I remember that first time I played. I'm playing on Virtual DJ, and then I remember playing and being like, I don't know what else to do on stage till the next track goes on, but I can't put it on till I get to the chorus. So it's gonna be a little bit. So I just remember looking out in front and seeing my friends being like, yeah, Lou. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Then I start naturally going in front of the stage because of like all those years of me being on stage. Yeah. And I just start waddling out with everybody, just going like, yeah. At the time, there was zero context to me wilding out. It was literally just me wilding out to have like knock my head somewhere by accident or not too hard, but you know yeah. what I mean? Just to like be like, whoa, okay, I gotta chill. But generally it was like, I didn't know what to do besides just wild out with them because that's the energy they're giving me. I'll go give it back. And that just stuck with me since. Um, it's only gotten a lot more contextualized now and so much more uh, sharper, like like martial arts almost. Like I, I can control it in and out with, with controlled breathing at the same time. It's really nice. And then it was through MySpace that you found Lucky Me, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It was through MySpace from finding Rusty, uh, Hudmo, and Mike Slot specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then how long after did the Turbo Turbo Crunt happen? Not too long actually. So I did the first gig with Jock Green. And then uh, that same night, um, there was the other artist, uh, 6'2", he, he's like, he's our god, he, he taught me everything. Him and Jacques taught me everything. And uh, he saw me play, he asked me if my first night, said, yeah, that's my first night, damn, would you like to play my night tomorrow? Played his night that next night. And it turns out, you know, they're all, they're all friends, they're like, yo, we might as well just have, we might as well just all band up and do one night. Mm -hmm. And that's when Turbo Crunk then got, uh, then was born. And uh, in the next month or so, we started doing our own nights called Turbo Crunk. And then how long after, that was during Hudmo or it was how long after? That you? was before. That, oh, was, okay. that was just after like my second gig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my second gig ever. Mm -hmm. And we decided to do Turbo Crunk nights. <laughs> yeah, can you, ex can you like describe the night that Hudmo came and all their crew? Oh yeah, the full Lucky Me crew in that yeah. night. That's definitely something, huh? Um, so that yeah, the excitement, the anticipation for them in, in them arriving. It was a full crew. It was Rusty, Mike, Hudmo, Dom, Martin as the blessings. I believe Claire Fifi was with us too. Man, that was that's pretty much the full roster in that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, it's it's crazy. I remember the first time I met Hudmo. Uh, yeah, I was like, hey, Ludus. I put my head out, handshake him. He just grabs me and just <laughs> headlocks me. <laughs> That's really, he didn't say anything. Yeah. He just headlocks me. I'm like, sick. <laughs> That's what I can think of. <laughs> yeah, headlock me, please. Let me <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> He's just being a classic Scotsman, man. <laughs> and Rusty was a pure goblin, man. Holy. <laughs> he, threw, man he threw a flaming pumpkin in an after party. Don't know why there was even a, uh, well, you know, flaming pumpkin. It was like a candle crazy. pumpkin. But, you know, Rusty being the wild Scotsman goblin guy he is, man, he, went, he left quite the impression. But that was not a party, it was an after party. <laughs> so anything could happen after our party anyway, mm -hmm. so it's pretty standard, I guess. But that was my first impression of the guys, and I was like, whoa, that was crazy. But then the next day, completely chill and, like, shy and everything. <laughs> Just, like, complete opposite. Um, but even then, they, it's not like they're, they're yelling. They're just like, they're like monks, but then they, they could like flip cars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's sort of the impression they gave me. <laughs> and then how long after that night until tonight formed? Um, oh, a good few years still. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like we've had the idea once, like I hit him up over email. I was like, uh, I've been thinking about doing, a, about simplifying a lot of my sounds, but trying to make a sound as crisp as possible. And then he uh, hits me back and he's like, yo, I'm on the same kind of vibe as well. We should try to do something one day. And uh, I was surprised. I was like, damn, uh, okay. And it was because, oh, it was because of his Gucci Man remix. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was complimenting that because it was the most minimalistic, straightforward track he's ever made, ever made but at that time. That really, uh, that really stuck to me. So I uh, hit him up with that idea, but we didn't do anything till like a year and a half or two later, maybe. Mm. like a good while and I was in his studio and he was in London and he was working on a remix for uh, for Bjork and then he was finishing it mm. and uh, uh, when he finished it he just turned around and he was like hey you want to try something out and I was like oh yeah we did actually we, we were planning to do that one day let's, let's try it <laughs> and the first first song we ever ever made that night was yeah. what ended up being Blown and Leaves oh my god the first song so when we made that with the horns and everything at first, it was just a piano note, and yeah. I was just playing around. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. I was playing around like that, and then we just left it in there. And then Hudmo, being Hudmo he is, somehow brings out these wild horn sounds. But I just don't know how he did it. He pulled out—I don't—I don't remember what plug it was. It just happened so quick, and all of a sudden, the piano turned into horns. And it was da 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 da. Oh okay, let's add the drums. Boom. So that's sort of how it works. It's like. There's no thought process to it. It just is spontaneous. And when it happens, it's like, okay, it's happening, guys. It's happening. Just this, you know, it's like, uh, it's cooking. Just, just, just throw more ingredients as, as it's cooking. And then throw it out, put it on the plate. And that's it. <laughs> and then you see the plate and it's like, who the hell cooked that? That was me. I don't know. <laughs> so that's how the project feels and how it feels today, too. <laughs> Actually, with that, you, in a previous interview, you didn't expect it to, like, blow up that much. It was going to be some, like chill project like a club night type of yeah, thing yeah 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 just for us and our friends yeah. really but our friends too were like you guys should probably put this out i don't know oh how it's going to be received but you got to put it out <laughs> that was the general vibe they were like well, all right <laughs> put it out and then that was the reaction and uh yeah it's, it's crazy it's, it's still surreal to this day but i'm, I'm very happy um in the way we uh, reacted to it because it all comes down to how do you react to chaos, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Chaos meaning like a viral blow up or whatever it can be you know, on the internet at the moment is very chaotic. And you probably know that by now by interviewing mm -hmm. so many artists. So it all comes down to how do you react to it and, 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 and tackle those, those obstacles. Mm -hmm. So I've been really happy about how we did the whole thing. Uh, Cause now we came back recently, started working on some new stuff. 
and it feels just like how we did it the oh first day. Oh my god, I'm so That's what's mind-blowing. That. Yeah. That's what's mind-blowing. We went in it shitting on the idea. Because that's how we're real. We're real with ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we don't go in it thinking like, okay, we got to make the next biggest. Nah. We went in it shitting on the idea that like, ah, tonight, come back. <laughs> we made the first song. We're like, right. All right. I don't know what else to say. But it's good that it feels like that. <laughs> oh, God. Same. <laughs> and then how long after did you work with Kanye? And how did that come about? Right. So after the Tonight Project... Yeah, after he ended up using Glowing Leaves. I wonder if it happened before or after. No, yeah. Wait. Yeah, after. Yeah, because the, the Miami Miami session ha happened maybe a few months after or a year after. Like 2013 was the, the Miami sessions for Cruel Summer. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool because it was very surreal. And the, it was all shout out Virgil. You know, he's the man. Mm -hmm. He's the guy who pretty much connects all the dots. Okay. He's the one who found Blown the Leaves, showed it to Kanye. He knows everyone, man. Yeah. I remember passing by Kanye's studio and Kanye was blasting Machine Drum. Hey, Amen. Oh you know God. who it came from. <laughs> <laughs> He's just in the studio drawing something, just blasting Machine Drum. And I'm just like, yes, that's what it's about. But <laughs> that was a great, that was a great thing to, to witness. But um, uh, yeah, shout out Virgil on that tip. And uh, he uh, uh, hit me up about wanting to introduce me to him at the sessions and just to jam and just produce stuff for fun nothing uh, in specific they're working on the cruel summer thing he was saying but like you know doesn't want to really put too much stress on it and uh obviously i'm like yeah hell yeah i'd love to and i just didn't believe it until i was checked into my hotel. no even at checked into my hotel i still was like man not until i show up to the building and I show up in the building and everybody's there. I'm like, okay, it's all right, let's go. <laughs> what, what's the session with him like? Um, this one was cool because it's, uh, uh, interestingly enough, it was very relatable to how the Red Bull Music Academy would be, hmm. where you have multiple studios and it's almost just free form. And then from time to time, well, in, this, in the Academy studio thing, it's, it's, it's very much free form from beginning to end for two weeks straight. But in, in the Kanye sessions, it's more like like that. And then from time to time, uh, he'll have a concept idea around a, a sample or a song. And we'll just do all the different uh, remix version, you know? So it's very uh, much like a jam rather than a camp, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not like let's put out as many songs as possible in a short amount of time. It's just... Um, feel good i mean being in, in no that wasn't miami sorry it was hawaii okay so being in hawaii already is the, the environment it was very much like about having the environment influence you and then the music come out naturally so it was really cool that's what i'm all about in terms of of, of the creative process so that was a pretty fun uh project to do and just like just to be talking ideas with him it's very interesting um and he gave you feedback on the Maserati, right? Yeah, Maserati yeah. and the Doors as well. Yeah, um, Maserati, he, uh, there was the first version of it, and then there was a certain sample in Maserati he really liked. He's like, focus on that, which was amazing, because I didn't expect that he would just help me out like that. And he was like, yeah, just do that part, loop that part, see what happens then, and then it completely changed. It was really dope. And then the crazier one was when I showed him the Doors, and then he was just waiting, waiting, and then when that kick came in, he just went straight, pushed himself, pushed himself back from the desk. Just had to like look like, oh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dope. I'm like, <laughs> tight. 
that gave me green light to go all in with my costumes, my scent, oh. my everything. That's why I did everything right after that. <laughs> that was like, cling, green light, Mario Kart. <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> it's great. I'm grateful for that because a lot of people, they need that kind of reassurance from yeah. people they look up to or like peers, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, just some kind of green light to make sure to, to know that they're not alone. It, it's not just them thinking that way. That yeah. it makes sense and it'll there's potential that's the main part mm -hmm. <laughs> i wonder how many people watching realize that you're in azalea banks 212 <laughs> yeah i know yeah. that too i've had people so i've had actually i've had one person um recognized me purely from my head bob no way. i was i was just out in public and i was listening to something and i was like yeah and it was like hey do that again <laughs> or, do what again not a head again <laughs> he's like, are you in that? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> How'd you recognize that? It's like, oh, it's specific. You're in that's like this. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even like Jack Green, I barely, because now he, back then, he yeah. looked so different. Yeah. I had to do a double take. He had his hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's true. <laughs> oh, glasses, too. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, glasses. Yeah, the, like the glasses. Yeah. Glasses. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. It's been so long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, those were, that was fun, man. She filmed that in Montreal, too. She was kicking it with us for a long time. Oh, like, she was there wow. for like a month, two months, maybe. Yeah, yeah we kicked it. I remember so just cool. eating chicken and waffles with her, man. I was tight, man. <laughs> <laughs> She's funny, yo. <laughs> Do you remember how Madonna's children found your music? Madonna? Yeah. yeah. So, I believe it's her son and daughter. Yeah. That suggested, because she was looking for an opener for her uh, Rebel Heart tour. And from, from what I've remember hearing is that uh, uh, her her uh, her children put me onto her showed her a video and most likely the boiler room thing maybe oh okay you yeah. know and then she loved the energy and then she uh, wanted wanted to try me out first at the the Vancouver show so all we booked was the Vancouver show so I do that show and um, I ask her if um, I tell I ask her like hey uh, my set there's a lot of swear words uh, is that fine if I, you know, played out that way? And I remember she told me, play the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah, she, she's so funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, man, making sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so from there, I was like, okay, I'm going all out. I do my whole thing, right? With the, the podium, the incense, and all that. The outfit. And I remember doing the first show, doing the whole thing, and I remember her dancer just being like, who the hell is this kid? <laughs> <laughs> and... I go all in. I'm, I'm always going all in. It, it, it's so important to, to love what you do, right? So no matter what. So I go all in, and it got the, it got the dancers so hyped that <laughs> I could see them just creeping up on stage, and they're like, "Yo, can I can I come through?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah come dance." <laughs> and then I, then her dancers came up on stage performing with me, and they would go on stage and go into the middle aisle and then get the crowd hype, mm -hmm. and then Madonna would let me use the whole stage and her lighting oh, wow. <laughs> yeah that's rare for openers it's crazy yeah. like who gets her lighting referring to open <laughs> <laughs> and um so we do the whole performance that first night done i'm like cool everybody's happy everybody's like never seen stuff like this and uh i go to my green room and then her manager or no her tour manager comes to the room she's like hey madonna wants you to come in for a prayer i'm like sure yeah whatever it's like you just hold hands in circles and talk talk we talk i'm like okay so i uh, thinking it's a prayer right so i go in everybody's there oh hey great show great show and then we're all about to hold hands 
and then Madonna comes out of her green room and then the first thing she says coming out is where's Lunice? Where's Lunice? <laughs> she said Lunice, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, I ain't say none. I'm just like, word, find me. I like, would be like, I'm over here. What's up? And I'm like, what am I going to say? Just find me. I'm like, ah! I just want to hide. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and um, everybody just started looking for me. Oh, there he is, there he is. I was just like, oh, and she comes in, arms open. I'm like, all right, it's going down. I'm about to hug McDonald. Let's go. Like it's nothing. Like I'm, like I'm been knowing her. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, Lunas, that was amazing. I'm, and she says, I've never seen something like this. No way, coming. That's so cool coming from her. Wow. <laughs> that that shook me. I froze. I started look. I started flashbacking photos of her and Tupac and like oh her and Basquiat and like. You never seen a little black kid like me come out with incense and a weird outfit, rolling out on rap music like that. <laughs> Damn, that's amazing. That means a lot. Other green light. <laughs> and then from that night, she got so hyped. She was like, "I need to bring you on the rest of my tour." And she was serious. She uh, she offered for the rest of her tour for the year, but because I had my own tour, so I had to like select parts of it. But it was pretty much Europe, America, uh, South America as well. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. It was a crazy year. And it was an amazing year in terms of of, of learning because, like, let's say, the, the prayer, right? So mm -hmm. it wasn't a prayer. It was more like we held hands together and she would talk about reminding us of, um, of, of uh, how we can explain it, reminding us of, like, how small we are, like, how tiny we are in this whole universe. And because of us being so tiny, we're, we're that lucky to be alive first of all but even more so to be in this position to entertain and make people happy make people yeah. smile make people uh, help them escape certain situations we don't know where they're coming from we don't know how they feel we don't know how they grew up but we're fucking lucky to just be in this position straight the fuck up every night every night every show that's what she said wow. and every person would have their own speech about it and she gave me my speech at my last date with her and I gave a hell of a speech. <laughs> you know how I am, I'm very passionate. I went all in. I went so all in, I was about to go hug Madonna. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, somebody comes in front of, between us, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, she was too close. Guy. I couldn't see, so I had to like, focus my eyes, but she had glasses on, so I couldn't tell who's who. I was like, oh, hey, oh, that was a great speech. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, shake hands or whatever. And then I'm like looking closer, and I'm like, oh, Ariana Grande. <laughs> I couldn't tell she was too close, oh my, my glasses on, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, cool. that means a lot, damn. Oh, wow, thanks, man, crazy. <laughs> like, oh my God. I know, but that's the thing, it's like you're with Madonna, she makes you feel so comfortable, but then you sort of forget the people she's surrounded with. Mm. That's the thing. <laughs> and then she got out of the way and it was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> that was so mind-blowing. I was like, ah, oh, Madonna's world is so wild. Yeah. <laughs> All these people <laughs> straight up put me in there in front of everyone, and that's what really built, um, helped build my humility a lot quicker. In the way that you know, similar to like how comedians go on stage, and then they're in front of a crowd, and they gotta make them laugh. If mm -hmm. they don't laugh, it's like damn. But they learn, they learn a lot in that moment, and they they sharpen their skill way quicker than someone who's too afraid to fail. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of that's what I took it as. I took it as the perfect platform to fail in a way of their perspective, of her uh, crowd, of her market, um, tar her target market or whatever. Mm -hmm. of her, of her, uh, no, no, her fan base, sorry. Um, 
so it, it, instead of like taking it, it's all about you know reacting to the situation in a, in a much more productive, better way. So I took it as, okay, if ever I were to encounter times where it doesn't work out, I need to figure out how to make it work. And uh, that was a perfect kind of uh, opportunity to to try things out on a on a big scale. Yeah. So like for example, I'll have people online be like, "Who the hell was this guy? You know, f that guy. Mm -hmm. I hope he never plays again." You know that kind of stuff. And a lot of people would be crushed. So me, I was like, you know what? Let me go the opposite. Let me try to talk to them. So I would reply, and I would say, they would say like stuff like. He shouldn't play all that stuff. It's so mm -hmm. whack, blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, okay, I'll say, hey, man, sorry, uh, sorry that um, your experience was uh, unfortunate, but I'll keep what you said noted, and hopefully the next time you catch me, it'll, wor it'll, it'll work out, or maybe it won't, but thanks, man, for, uh, for your time. You know what I mean? For your time to, to, yeah. to see my show. And every response, I swear to you, is... Oh, I'm sorry, man. Always like this. I, uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't mean to say it like that. I just don't like rap music. Oh, that's totally fine. Yeah. Of course, you know, everybody's entitled to their own choices, to mm -hmm. their own taste. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. And that's what I learned. Okay, it's deeper than that. It's just their initial reaction, so I wouldn't have to take that for face value. Yeah. And that calmed me down so much more and made me a lot more, just a lot more zen in general for the future to come. And that's another reason why it took me five years to work on the album, my first album. Yeah. It wasn't even about the music anymore. It wasn't about that anymore. It was more about who am I? What's my place in this industry? Um, and, when, when I'm, and when I'm back out, after the album's done, and then I start doing all these different projects, when I'm back out, I want to make sure that what they see, like what you see in my Instagram story, everything being so clean and organized, I want them to feel that's been me since high school. My bedroom's been clean since high school. It's because I got tired of my mom nagging <laughs> about cleaning my room. So I said, you know what? I'll do that. And the next thing you know, I wake up in the mornings feeling happy. Why? Because it was clean. There's, or I'll feel happy by the time I get back from school. Then I got, I got the idea really early that I had to build my own sanctuary at home because that's my core. That's, that's inside me. And that's what represents me. So when I'm back out there, if I'm not good inside, then what I show from the outside is just gonna be messy and it's just gonna be finicky, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I built, I built on that kind of idea all those years. So when people ask me like, man, is your, your, is your house always like that? Oh man, is your way of doing things always like that? Yes. I've never, you could look, you could backtrack, it's always been. And that's what I like, because that's what is to me, to be timeless. To be timeless, it, 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 it's just never ending. It must feel never ending. <laughs> that's why I love like, just, just heritage stuff. It's heritage because it works, and it worked over time. Yeah, it, 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 it stands through the test of time, and I love the concept of that. And I'm trying to explore it, trying to understand it, and trying to see how can I reproduce Op uh, uh, opportunities for no, how would I repeat these things to become timeless in, ti uh, uh, in time or, or how to how explain it? But it's very hard. The only thing at the moment that I can think of is if a certain idea tends to come back uh, or, or is in, in, a, in a complete cycle and it's just always coming back around no matter what, that to me sort of becomes the idea of something becoming timeless. You know what I mean? Like classic. 
Suits. Suits are yeah. timeless. They're always there. They sometimes it's not the hypest thing to wear. Then all of a sudden it is. You know what I mean? Like for a long time, Diplo was wearing suits, and then he started chilling, and then he's back on suits. And you see what I mean? It's like it's yeah. a something about it coming back often throughout time, throughout eras. Like how like a lot of '90s style. Uh, specific kinds of 90s style with the with the jeans and everything come back, but I can see that staying still. There's a lot of things that I can find timelessness in, and I just love that. That that's like a thing that I want to ex keep exploring and, and see where we can go. You kind of touched upon this, but how would you say the style of your music has changed since the early early songs you made back then? Yeah, so um, it's changed uh, over time in the way. Uh, like the, the motivation stayed the same in terms of curiosity and wanting to explore different sounds, but uh, in terms of skills, it's, it, it just gotten better and more focused is what I would say. Um, less scatterbrained ideas, more zoned in, very much like, whoa, yeah, he did that on purpose. Or like, but it's funny, because a lot of it's still accidental. It's just, I guess, the process is a lot more focused itself. So, um, focus in a way uh, of like, uh, let's say, the best way to explain it is um, uh, instead of learning FL Studio in a way of like, I've learned 10 different techniques, so now I can mix them all, mix and match these techniques together for whatever kind of track I want to make. It's more like, how do pianists just play the piano without thinking about it anymore? And it's because they just consistently practice and just repetition to the point that it's muscle memory, and then when it's muscle memory, now they can speak from the gut. That's where I'm at, that's, that's what I've become now. Mm -hmm. But I never was at first, because it's hard to get to that point. Yeah. And what I realized, when you really do things from the gut, that's that, you know, that gut feeling. It's always, that, that's the truth. <laughs> so when I make music, it's really, it's coming from that. And, and I, I tend to do a lot more vocals now because of it. Um, I, I tend to do a lot of my snares, my kicks now with my voice. Oh. To add, yeah, because of that. I've just been so focused on that. And, and um, it's almost primal, but it's like, it's us. It's inside of me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's that kind of stuff. I like that. What would you say have been the biggest challenges you've had so far in your life? The biggest challenge so far has been just... Just generally trying to keep a mind, uh, keep it a state of mind uh, consistent throughout this whole chaos. That's about it. Because life, to me, life is just non-stop chaos. It's just going to be non-stop obstacles, non-stop problems, one after the other, because that's what it's supposed to be. Because when people cry over wanting to go back to normal, I always ask myself, back to what? Time's moving forward. Mm -hmm. There's no normal. There's only time moving forward. <laughs> and you just have to keep up. <laughs> so when when a problem arises, again, it's all down to your reaction. Now my reaction used to be like, man, but now it's, okay, let's do it. Because I got to move forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now that's kept me straight and, and made me stress a lot less. <laughs> what does love mean to you? Oh, man. So... Oh, a lot. So I've been with my fiance now. We just got engaged. Yeah, I in, saw that uh, post. November, I was just gonna right? ask you yeah. about that. Congrats. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> so we've been already before we got engaged in November. Um, we were already together ten years. Wow. Yeah, 
And we've never argued, man. Not like, yeah. and leaving and being silent. We've never done that once. Not once. We've always talked. We've discussed. We've sorted our stuff out. Like real people. Like, like, mm-hmm. a, like a real team. Um, and the thing is about love is like, I, it, it depends on from people's perspective and how they how they how they uh, re- how they treat it because for me it's like my, for me my love is is generally unconditional i don't have the kind of love that's spontaneous and in the moment because it's i find it's too valuable love is too valuable in the same way of how time's too valuable because if you want me to give you my unconditional love i have to give you my time and i yeah. value that too much um, so I, I'm, I've been very specific with the kinds of people I like to hang out with because of that and the kinds of friends I have. That's why in high school, once I found my best friend, Kevin Lee, shout out, I'm good. I didn't need to be f- close friends with anybody else because he got me. We got each other to that level. Uh, in, the, in the level that we improve each other, you know? He'll hit me. He introduced me to jazz. Mm. You see what I mean? Oh, okay. I introduced him to break dancing. He introduced me to graffiti. I know we, we introduce ourselves to so many things and I love that energy and that's the kinds of people I've always surrounded myself with. So that's that's for friends, right? Over time I realize true love is essentially that. So when I met Jennifer, we became good friends. Good good friends exactly in the same way that I'm best friends with my friend Kevin. Now the only difference is what I explained to people is that I'm attracted to females. If I was attracted to male, I'd be with my homie 100%. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Why, you know? But I'm not. I'm attracted to females. So, it was, it was like second thought after being so close, it, 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 so close as friends with, with, with my fiance. And then it just clicked as being a couple. So it didn't come from being a couple first. It come from being deep friends and then a good team. That's sort of what yeah. it is. And we've treated like that ever since. And only, we've always That's just bettered so ourselves. And she actually just got a huge raise, a new job. She's oh, now an art director. So, oh my God, that's amazing. Bruh, killing. We're killing. <laughs> We're fucking killing. Yo, forget about it. By the time we come out with a company, come on now. We have so many ideas. But that's the thing. Building a relationship is just like building a good company. Our relation is so fucking tight. We need to start a company. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what love is to me. It has to be really deep and it has to last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last question. What do you want to be remembered for? I only want to be remembered for my character and I'm good for that. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Dave Chappelle said it best. He said, success is in your character. And it's been proven time and time again. I'll go back again to Madonna thing. They didn't like, some folks might not like the music, but they'll love my character. They'll love my humbleness. They'll love my kindness, my passion, my energy. That's all. Yeah. People are very hung up about legacies, but the problem now I realize about if you're trying to build a legacy, if it falls over, if like anything that you plan doesn't fall, it falls through. Everything is like as if you failed the whole family and you failed everything. You know what I mean? And it's like, why stress yourself so much over that when you should be just working on your own character? So if I were to pass that any day, everybody still knows me for my character and that's fine with me. 
Yeah. Oh, I really love this interview. Thank you so oh, yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. Put his mind. <laughs> See you guys.